Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. The track that's playing under us right now (laughs) is uh, Sting's Fragile. There's a reason for that because our guest today, Annabeth Gish, wonderful Annabeth Gish, came on our show and talked to us for an hour about her career. She has a very fond connection to a particular song associated with every movie that she made in the 80s. And this is one connected with one of the movies that we'll get to in the interview. Yeah, one would imagine that if we had talked about movies that she did in the 90s and the 2000s, 2010s, that she would probably have a song associated with every movie, but it's particularly awesomely nostalgic that we were like, oh, we want to talk about these movies, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've got this song there. This song this song is, brings me right back to that moment. This song brings me back to that moment. And that's really cool, because not everyone has that, and certainly uh, the first guest to, to be that specific when it came to, to scenes and songs that took her right back to those moments. She's kind of the perfect guest for our show. That's the whole premise of our show, is the... The movie and then a song from that movie that stood out to us. A hundred percent. It's like we couldn't have uh, scripted it better. I was so excited when we did an interview. I'm excited now to to launch this launch this interview. Annabeth, you've seen her everywhere. She's she's working constantly. You know, she's been in. I I feel like I need to probably reference her her resume. Um, now, for us, you know, the movies in the 80s, that's what we're most fond of. So movies like Hiding Out, Mystic Pizza, Shag, uh, which we talked about uh, two weeks ago. These are the movies that register to us and sort of brand along with $2 Late Fee and, and the movies that we talk about. 
Annabeth's filmography is so extensive that I didn't want to, uh, I, I just don't want to miss anything. But, like, you know, she's currently, uh, she's she's been in The Haunting of Hill House, a huge hugely popular series on Netflix, super scary, super awesome. Uh, she was in the X-Files, Halt and Catch Fire. You know, she's guested on like every show that's been on TV in the last 10 years. Pretty Little Liars, Sons of Anarchy, Parenthood. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. She uh, she did some stints in, in Parks and Rec. I mean, she is a beast in the best way. She's always working. And so for us to get her was so awesome yeah she was working right before she did the interview with us she went back to work right after the interview with us for her to take the time and sit down with us and talk about her career talk about everything talk about yeah to 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 do a deep dive with us was such a great treat you know and for her to for her to do that was really mind-blowing to to me personally i know to both of us it was it was fantastic to have her on the show and it was really fun to kind of dig a little bit deeper and to get to know her uh, a little bit more than outside of some of the roles that we love her in. I totally agree. But uh, all right, should we get to it? I'm excited. Let's get to it. Without further ado, we present you our interview with the one, the only, Annabeth Gish. No boners. It's not a bone. It's a muscle. Annabeth, thank you for joining us today. This is this is so special. I can't even tell you. Zach and I, I should probably just get our, our adoration of you out of the way, so then we can just move on to business. But um, you know, we are we are an '80s movie podcast, and you have been in some of the most definitive films uh, of that time period for us, and. Um, and obviously people know you, you know, you, you're, you're like in everything every day. Anyway, we see you on the TV all the time. You're in, you know, West Wing, Halt and Catch Fire, the X-Files, all these things. But like, you know, for us, it's like hiding out, Mystic Pizza, Shag. Um, and so we just really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on the show. It, it, it means a lot. Oh, I'm, I'm honored to be here. In fact, I think, didn't I find out about your you and you guys and your podcast via you had you had posted that video from hiding out right on which was like classic classic roller skating footage and it was and then i found found it and reposted it and loved it so then i found you guys i'm so happy uh we, and we are so happy too i mean that um that scene from hiding out in which you're roller skating with john crier it's like mm -hmm. your first official date i think in the movie <laughs> and uh yeah, and and he's a terrible roller skater, and and you are not. Yeah, and I took a pretty nasty fall, by the way, as I was re watching that. I'm like, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I don't think that was a stunt. I thought, and it certainly wasn't intentional. Well, we every Saturday we post on our Instagram uh, soundtrack Saturdays, and Dustin makes this fantastic video, and the collection of cassettes that we use are my own personal collection. Oh, nice. And so I have an extensive uh, part of our show is a soundtrack component. We always talk about the soundtrack to a movie, one specific song. And and so I guess it, we had an upcoming interview with Keith Coogan and we thought, OK, let's promote it with Hiding Out. And uh, Justin's like, you have the soundtrack to Hiding Out? I said, oh, God. <laughs> well, you know Every what's soundtrack. fascinating? I'm sure you've done your research. And this I love this aspect of going into movies through music because for me, 
music is always the first way in if I need extra help as an actress to, to orient myself in a scene. So sometimes I'll play a song or whatnot. And I can, I can, we can even go through Mystic Pizza and Shag and Hiding Out, and I'll give you my, my songs that come immediately to mind. Oh, wow. Um, but because of Hiding Out, you know, Hiding Out was directed by Bob Giraldi, who at the time was a massively successful music video director. Remember MTV those days? Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> it actually was yeah. music videos. <laughs> so, um, you know, he had that sort of music, obviously was going to be a big part of that movie. And the two songs that I associate with Hiding Out are Catch Me, I'm Falling, which is, I think that's the one you played, right? It, or, yes. That, yes. Um, and then the other one is, is, is the Katie Lang, Roy Orbison song, Crying. Yep. For which they made a remarkable, epic, beautiful video. Then I saw you last night. You held my hand so tight. When you stopped to say hello, you wished me. That song pulls on my heartstrings in that movie so much because it's so emotional. It's just it's beautiful. It really yes, is. Yes, yes. I think the depth of that song probably is a mismatch for the depth of Hiding Out. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably. Arguably. But it did uh, It did maybe elevate it, perhaps. Oh, no doubt. Katie Lang was... I a, lot of, a lot of people actually forget about Katie Lang nowadays, you know, just... She was had an epic career. Still kind of does, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I I love endurance, as um, I am an example of that in any industry. No <laughs> just doubt. remaining, just endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Forget relevance or whatever, but just endurance is kind of an underrated uh, success mark of success, right? But Katie Lang, to your point, I just saw her at a. Uh, she gave a performance at the Hammer Gala in Los Angeles a couple years ago when nice. we could go to things. Yeah. And she she sang Hallelujah, you know, the Leonard Cohen. Oh, it man. It was just, and, you know, she sings barefoot. She's just, I, I don't know, I think she's one of those artists, musicians, soulstress singers who will always pull. She, she can't help but get emotional when you listen to her. I used to sing barefoot. That's only because I would see Henry Rollins. Yeah. (laughs) I was in a band for a number of years and would sing barefoot on stage because I saw Henry Rollins do it at a um, Lollapalooza. (laughs) Punk rock of you. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not even my genre of music that I prefer to sing, but you know. I I, I hate, oh, I'm sorry. I wish you had been barefoot, Zach, because you had seen Katie Lang do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that was your motivation. I'm barefoot now. I'm always if if I had an option, I would be barefoot. I, I if I could act bare, I definitely when I do my voiceover work, I need to be barefoot. I need to touch yeah. the ground. Grounding, I love it. Um, but but a concert would be challenging, I think. Oh yeah, for sure, especially on stage. But well, you, yeah. you, you you're from New Mexico originally, right? I'm I, yes, I was born in Albuquerque, and then but so, sort of simultaneously grew up in Iowa as well. Oh. So I have kind of grew up in those two places. Because so I was going to say, I spent a lot of time in Taos, New Mexico, for a number of years. Oh, and I worked wow. on the Pueblo and um, the Earth ships. Day School. Yes. Yeah. That's, and so uh, I was that's barefoot a... a lot there on the on the ground. That's You touched sacred ground. That's beautiful. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're going very X-Files into the mysticism and yes, aliens. Ooh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. So, um, so Zach and I were able to... Uh, rewatch Shag the other evening um, with my wife, and it is her one of her favorite movies of all time. Um, it was delightful for me for for two reasons, and it's been about probably thirty years since I had seen Shag. I don't, Zach, for you, yeah, as well. about the same for me as well. About yeah. the same, but it was delightful because I got to see like my wife delight in it, which somehow I haven't. You know, we've been married like a million years, and I have no idea that she loved this movie so much and quoted every line. Um, but also, like, your performance in that movie is so um, it's so grounded and so real yeah. where you are everything that, that your character Pudge is going through. We're like, yep, relate to that. I relate to that. I relate to that. I relate to that. I relate to that. And, um, and so certainly, uh, you know, and, and you're my wife's favorite character and always, always have been um, as well. And not to just, you know, give you compliment after compliment. But it was, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were, like, blown away, like... Like this is the like the best performance I've ever seen in a movie, as far as <laughs> just so grounded in your character. Mm, thank you. I, which is interesting because I wasn't, you know, I'm I'm not southern, nor um, am I a dancer, or you know, um, didn't grow up sort of rich in the south. <laughs> but you know, I did the character Pudge uh, for me. It's amazing how how much a that movie, but b the character, who it resonates with and for, and how long it kind of has remained. So it's it's an honor mm. because I do come across many women of my genre <laughs> who <laughs> really. I think you know she's the heart piece of that movie. Yeah, she really uh, is. And going through the agony of first love, and and you know, I kind of, I kind of feel that way still. I'm I'm just always a little bit like a little bit of a misfit. I don't fit in. I, I I'm not quite with the popular girls. I'm not as cool. I'm kind of a dork. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> sit under a table with one person at a party than be in the midst of many you know agree you would you mean you wouldn't want to be uh you know shacking up with uh robert rustler's character buzz, in the, on the buzz. yacht <laughs> or buzz. be with uh buzz you yeah. know or uh the, the uh the he's a sweet potato he is a sweet potato he's a sweet potato yeah Every, <laughs> or you don't want to win know, the contest you know it's it's funny too because on on sometimes people want me to whether on cameo or whatever or when i meet people they want me to do say the line about the boner, right? The Southern, the boner. Um, it's, it's not a muscle, it's a bone. Um, 
but I, I, it's you know, it's such an awkward. I, but there, I just did it for you guys. This... Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, we, and you, we didn't have to join Cameo, so thank you. Right, right, right. <laughs> it is a trip, though. That that yeah, your character really stands out. We we were talking about this when we were watching it. You have so many moments that, like Dustin said, are relatable in the sense that it just feels a lot more real. You kind of you are the the heartbeat of the movie the that that the thing that kind of you have the biggest kind of arc throughout the mm -hmm. whole film and it's really refreshing um like you said you you stand out you're a misfit i can relate to that dustin can relate to that i probably you know wear that as a badge of honor nowadays when i was a teenager or or in my early 20s i was so awkward and uncomfortable and didn't know who i was and or knew who i was but wanted to fit in you know and nowadays I tell no. my son, I'm like, it's better to stand out than fit in, you know? Yeah. And you as a parent can relate to that too with your kids, right? Oh God, absolutely. I, I have such tenderness for, for that time in, you know, anyone's adolescence and um, just emotional growth. It's such a, such a painful time, right? It is. Um. And still is today, although in very different ways because of social media and connection and yes, you know, I there's something so sweet about that movie and and you know, but to to give credit to the casting, you know, the 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 group of those of us together, Paige Hannah, Phoebe Cates, um, Bridget Fonda, and myself, and Scott Coffey, you know, Robert Russler. It was just such a, so a, yeah, really special, you know how when that magic happens, uh, it was, it was a blast of a movie to film in Myrtle Beach, but it was also, it was hot and sweaty and the dance sequence that Kenny Ortega, you know, the famed choreographer, um, who I worked with again, um, you know, it was just, we had to learn to do the shag and we had to. We weren't quite as good as the locals, you know, so it was, uh, <laughs> it was very stressful. I remember being, it was, there was a lot to, a lot of, you know, I, I had a high, there was a lot of work for that. Well, dare I save some of the best dance sequences next to Saturday Night Fever, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely, like, you know, because they're not cutting away or having these shots of your, you know, from the shoulders up. Like, the, look at right. look at my dance move, and then they're cutting to the feet, you know? Yeah. Kenny was very, thank God, I'm, I'm, and we worked our asses off, you know? And, oh, so, so Stagger Lee, that's my, like, if we want to talk about music, Stagger Lee is the song I associate with Shag. Nice. I was standing on the corner when I heard my bark. He was barking at the two men who were gambling in the dark. It was It was the song to which Scott and I did the final dance competition. Yep. And so, you know, it's just forever embedded into my memory and my mind. Everything just uh, even I can still do the dance steps, the routine. Just you completely. Can. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yep. 
Yep, for sure. That's I awesome. Love it. I, I'm such I'm such a terrible dancer. I'm more like um, John Cryer was in Hiding Out. And <laughs> as a roller skater too, my wife is yeah. just like you just you just stand there and look pretty, and uh, and I'll and I'll roller skate around you, you know. <laughs> I feel like roller skating is very deceiving because you get you put them on and you're like, okay, I'll just move my knee and I'll move, and then you don't move, and then no. you know, at least I've I need never that moved. cart. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. I'll be out there for hours and never, never. You can't move, shoot the right? duck, Dustin. You can't. Right, I can't shoot the duck. I can't walk the dog or hammer Moonlight, the rooster. Or yeah, the crossover step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. No, you said, I, the, yes, Dustin, you said hammer in your rooster? What is, is that what you told Oh, me? I don't know. I was just an, animal metaphors <laughs> that might uh, be apl- applicable to roller skating in right. the off in the off chance. Um, no, I, I, I just you just told, told me what that move is for the first time. I don't even know what that what these are. But um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe one day back on the back on the rink. Right. When we all get vaccinated and we're Indeed. all. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like roller skating is one of those things where, you know, like when you're not good at it and then enough years go by and you're like, I guess I just don't need to try that hard. But that's such a weird approach to it. You know, that's it really should be the opposite. Like if I I guess if I cared enough to be a great roller skater, then I would become one maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Well, you know, I think a few years ago, roller skating birthday parties were kind of back in for my kids. Oh, yeah. Um. But I I found in returning to that I'm a little bit like maybe it's just age or brittle bones or fear or whatever it's like do I need I could fall I could really hurt myself <laughs> right yeah right and oh have your kids seen hiding out no you know my husband and I were talking about this because over the quarantine we've really been we've it's been like a cinema history of cinema with our family because we've had so much time love that um and yet i don't know if it's because i'm so reticent but like we they haven't seen any of my films and well i i it could be because of me i not that anything's you know, certainly in the 80s movies that are um, risque. I mean, I definitely don't want my sons to watch my Sons of Anarchy scenes. <laughs> but um, but those movies are so pure and beautiful. But I'm, I'm just very shy about, A, I hate watching myself. I don't like to rewatch anything. I see it once and then I'm done. And B, you know, it's just strange with your children. You want them to know... You know, I suppose as I'm getting older, they'll 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 watch it when they're ready. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. I I just think in terms of you're going to roller skating parties. And yes. You might want to <laughs> yeah. see what mom That's has right. done. That's well, guys, right, guys. Just this clip. Just sh- I'm going to show you this clip, and then mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I was I I I was I think about the that roller skating scene and hiding out. And I cringe every time because I feel personally like, oh, I've been there, done that, flopped yeah. on my face. And but your character in that movie, I don't know. We we talked about this, Dustin and I. We did an episode, um, top five Keiths in our prep for Keith Coogan. We talked about okay. our favorite Keith actors. Actors. Who I love, by the Keith. way. I just recently connected with, reconnected with Keith, and he oh, is yeah. still as charming and joyful and just he and his wife I, I met and just was so happy to see them again and speaking about of cinema it. history i mean yes totally totally he's, he's all over that yes oh, sorry zach go back you were no no I, I was 
I was just saying that um that we said in our top five Keith's episode when Dustin was saying Hiding Out is one of his favorite Keith movies, right? <laughs> and yeah. so I was saying how you you have such a genuine warmth on screen every time, uh, especially in those early films. And your career has really it's it's so vast and so versatile. And you were talking about endurance in the beginning of this episode. It's so true that you've worn so many different hats throughout your career. But always coming back to that idea, even if you're playing like, you know, on the bridge, your character on the bridge was kind of devious and mm-hmm. cunning and which I love, by the way, I thought mm-hmm. you were yep. wonderful in that. That's especially the first season is just like fantastic. But um, but still this warmth of like uniqueness, I guess. And I so I guess you're when you were speaking about how feel, you felt like a misfit or, you know, someone of an outsider. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the appeal is of seeing you on screen. Because you're like, yeah, no, she's not everybody else, you know? It's like, he's not that typical action star. He's this guy. You know, you have this presence on screen, which is so inviting. And I just, you know, to piggyback on Dustin's compliments, I have to say the same thing. It's just, Aww. it's really fantastic to see you, see the performances you've had and the growth you've had and how different all of these roles are. Thank you, Zach. I I appreciate that. Um you know, I think maybe that's why I haven't really watched the movies with the boys because I feel so vulnerable. You know, those early, I was literally plucked from the cornfields of Iowa for my very first film at, at 13, Desert Bloom. Yeah. And then I went on this kind of amazing role like of um, just these great... 80s movies, you know, like Mystic Pizza. I think I did Shag first, then I did Hiding Out, and then I did Mystic Pizza. And it was all while I was in high school in Iowa. That's crazy. And, That's amazing. And it was, you know, it was really kind of hard <laughs> to go back and forth between, and I had never really been to Hollywood. I was just on these movie sets. I was clearly uh, willing, to, I loved acting. I loved being that, uh, sort of open uh vessel or you know force um but but now i see it and i i I, it's like fuck man i was (laughs) vulnerable i've really it's hard to grow up on screen yeah and yeah and then also like i said like i i mean it's uh, most of those movies that i was in every other actor kind of catapulted into massive stardom, you know? Um, So, so just like I said, I'm, I've never been this cookie cutter movie star actor. I'm I'm a bit more, you know, I don't know what I am, but. (laughs) Well, well, you said, you said you did uh, desert bloom at 13. Yeah. And that must've been a trip. So like, how did, how did that come about? It was, you know, I had started acting in, locally in Cedar Falls, Iowa, the mecca of the industry. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Fun fact about Iowa, I think it was one of the first schools in the country to have, um, to make their, their focus mindfulness. And I, I forget specifically, Oprah did a whole yeah, episode on it. There's a, a Maharishi, there's some sort of temple yes. in Iowa, I think. Um, that, that yes, was very, uh, early on prescient about all the mindfulness. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, but so Desert Bloom was just a fluke. Uh, my parents were professors. I knew I liked acting. My dad was at a conference in Minneapolis for Western literature or something. And there just happened to be an open casting call for this film called Desert Bloom. And I auditioned for it and I was one of 800 girls. And then I was one of 20 and then I was one of two. And it was at the time between Winona Horowitz and I, Winona Ryder. (laughs) Winona Horowitz. Yes. Yeah. So wild, right? Like that was my beginning and I had zero clue about the industry, but just fell into working with John Voight and Ellen Barkin and um, Joe Beth Williams, you know, in this incredible little indie film that was very powerful. Indie, but but when a time when indie wasn't cool. Yeah, it was Sundance. (laughs) It was it was literally Sundance when Sundance started with Waldo Salt, like the beginning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. That's Crazy. good. That's that gives me chills just thinking about how you said eight hundred, then down to twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, Dustin and I are both actors, and and I was a kindergarten teacher for fifteen years, and then got into acting, um, voice acting specifically. And so I always equated it to being in a long term relationship that was stable, and then suddenly dating again. <laughs> oh, you know, God. where you go out on that first date, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be great. Uh-huh. And then you never hear from the person again. You're like, well, I thought we had a thing, you know? <laughs> we had this connection. That's a very good analogy, except I would argue that it's never a stable relationship. No, it's not. <laughs> never. never. And never. and you're in debt because you pull, you know, you spend all this money on the, you pay for the date, you know? Yeah. Well, I would go to a fancy restaurant. <laughs> That's right. And then you're in debt. And then... That's right. So true. But when you have that level of success at 13, did, did that give you a stronger sense of, of self and confidence or was it, or was it the opposite? You know, I think, um, it's one of the reasons that I did take time right when Mr. Pizza came out much to the chagrin of my agent at the time I did go to college because I wasn't, I would not have sustained any sort of, uh, emotional being had I come straight from high school in Iowa, yeah. even though I'd had this success to LA. I just didn't have that. Amazing. uh, No, I didn't have the scaffolding of that. Um, So I going to college really gave me that. So to answer your question, um, no, I mean, I was always a insecure, awkward growing up adolescent who was fumbling my way through, you know, and it was, I remember I went to the homecoming dance in Cedar Falls, Iowa with my boyfriend at the time and then had to go from there to the Waterloo airport to get into a private jet to fly to New York for the Today Show for to be on with Je- uh, Julia and Lily. Oh, it was such a, you know, so you can see how that's so a little fucking confusing. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's really- yeah, but my parents, to their credit again, like gave me, kept me very grounded and certainly my... Uh, because I stayed in high school in Iowa and didn't get my GED and because I then went to college, which was kind of uh, expected as both of my parents are professors, you know, like I do think that that's why I'm, I have such a normal life now. I still, I, you know, I work a lot, which I'm, you know, grateful for. Um, but I really have a lot of balance in my life too. My life is very, you know, carpool, 
mundane, all that shit. Excellent. <laughs> Packed lunches. Sleepovers. <laughs> yep. Well, that's a job in itself too, though. You know? Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Are you guys in LA? We are. I'm in Santa Monica. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. And I'm in Altadena. Altadena. So when you mentioned roller rinks, I thought of that the one in uh, what is it North, like uh, Northridge. Yes, think. yes, that's the one where we have gone for these birthday parties. Yeah, yeah. I used to teach at a school called Buckley in uh, the oh, valley. Oh, of course, yeah. And so the kids would always be like, "Mr. Schaefer, will you come to my birthday party at, at the <laughs> oh, Northridge, awesome. whatever?" And then it would always come back to. A, well, I use the the excuse, well, as a teacher, I can't go to your birthday party because if I do, I have to go to everybody's birthday party. Right. But the reality was, because I can't skate, I was just going to show up <laughs> oh. and I didn't want to look like an ass. Right. So it would have never respected you again. Yeah. Mr. Schaefer can't skate. He so can't there's skate? this idea of Mr. Schaefer can do anything. And then right. suddenly, then they see. The reality. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so here you are at the Today Show promoting Mystic Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, okay. So, uh, I just, I want to personally go back a little bit to hiding out when you got yeah. cast for that. Mm. I'm assuming there was not another 800. No, no. Huh? I mean, I, I remember, I think I auditioned for it and um, what a blast that movie was. We shot in Wilmington. North Carolina, and we all lived in condos on the beach in Wrightsville Beach. Again, like before that was, that became like Dawson's Creek and, you know, the Mecca of yeah. North Carolinian cinema. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was, uh, I don't, I, I, I just remember it being kind of a, a, I was super happy to get that. I had obviously known John because of Pretty in Pink. He'd done Pretty in Pink yeah. before. Yep. And so I was coming home. And, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I love that movie. So it was awesome. And then he is truly one of the nicest, funniest, most generous guys. I I, I loved every minute of working with him. Funny, 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 funny. Yeah. And just like, it seems like so much fun being on set with, you know, in, in, in a unique story, you know, yep. not, not typical, not your typical high school story. No, no. I, I, but that was a movie that was... Um, you know, as while Shag was very complicated and hot and in depth, hiding out was just a fun, just a fun job all the way around. Every element was just that's fun. That's great. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, one thing I did want to mention about, about Shag is that's so um, uh, unique about it is that it is one of the few coming of age stories in the 80s uh, for women. Um which you really, you know, there's, there's hundreds for, for, for dudes. And, um, yeah. And so, and so it's, I feel like it's extra powerful, um, as a film. Yeah. You know, um, I kind of cringe at the term chick flick, obviously, but, but I did not say that. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, it's, (laughs) it's also a cute term. It's very cute. Um, but I, you know, between shag and mystic pizza and both were, really, really um, popular for women, you know? And, and again, I think because both of them, they, they spotlighted the emotional angst of young, of what adolescence into maturity is for young women in realistic mm-hmm. terms, not, you know, fancy, just really kind of authentically, you know? 
it felt like it had a like an autobiographical vibe throughout. It didn't feel like this. Which one, Shag? Shag did, yeah. Yeah. It did not feel cliche. It really didn't. I, I mean, I know it's a period piece, but, um, and obviously the, the 50s and 60s were so popular in the 80s because of people, you know, from that generation making movies and like, oh yeah, everyone's going to love this. But it was it was an interesting um, collaboration too because you know the screenwriter was Robin Swicord who is still so prolific, and her daughter is Zoe Kazan, um, and she's married to Nick Kazan. A lot of talent in that family, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, but so Robin wrote the screenplay, and but it was directed by Zelda Baron and produced by um, Stephen Woolley, who are both British. So it had this very yeah. interesting, hmm. uh, I don't know, multinational, you know, it was just kind of yeah. a very interesting collaboration between Brits and Americans and, and somehow maybe that, maybe that helped, but I don't know if it's an autobiography as a story. I don't know the origins of it actually. I can't remember. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, assuming that it's not, but just in that sense that if it, it, it feels so genuine mm. and, uh, and real. Yeah. And what but an I'm... interesting time for like Phoebe Cates, who kind of, you know, we're going into a different stage of her career. Yes. And then Bridget Fonda kind of on the beginning of her career. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and obviously Paige Hanna, I look at Paige Hanna I'm like, oh, you're from Creepshow too. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but different stages, everybody's added their career. And again, coming back to your character, uh, where I'm like, yeah, but. I like I like Pudge the most because <laughs> Pudge is like the one that that's no no offense but that's the buddy you want to hang out with yeah you know yeah for but sure. the buddy's the one you end up like having the deepest connection with yeah right? yeah that's true that's true and I think um, I think it that was definitely there on the page it's interesting we had a reunion at um, the Screen Actors Guild a couple years ago I think and oh, the cool. only one Paige was there. But you know, Phoebe doesn't act anymore. No. Bridget doesn't act anymore. Um, Scott Coffey's a filmmaker, uh, and you know, it's it's interesting. Again, like back to that word of endurance. I don't know if it's maybe it's um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe everyone else decided not to be a glutton for punishment, like I am still. <laughs> I know, but you. But you clearly you're doing love great. what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, you, know, I, you clearly I love, love it. it. I love it, and I, I also, you know, I am one of those people who I very much love to work. I'm a better human when I have a focus and a job and uh, a schedule. Uh, so I'm not selective in the sense of like I'm crafting my career based on only these projects. Like I love working and I love yeah. people. Uh, so I'm proud of the fact that I'm, you know. I, I am working and I'm, st I, there's still work for me to do. Clearly I'm, I'm, uh, I, I do feel more confident now. Um, just because it's, you know, as, as you age, you're just like, oh, fuck it. I accept myself. <laughs> That's the key right there. Yeah. I think. Right. I wake up every morning trying to do that. Look I in the know, mirror. I know. I'm smart enough. Good enough. Gosh <laughs> darn it. People like me. Affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Affirmations are the key. Yeah. Who would have thought um, that Stuart Smalley would be the? Uh... <laughs> he was he was the harbinger of of days to come. But you're saying that you shot so 
you didn't shoot these films like obviously in sequence you know you you said you might be maybe made shag first and then hiding out and then mystic pizza perhaps yes i made shag first i was 16 because i remember oh no 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 i turned 16 when i was making hiding out because there's a funny story with my friend kirsten who was um helping me learn to drive and we went out for the first time in a car and i left the key the left the car running or something like that something silly <laughs> on wrightsville beach um yeah so oh, no. i was maybe i was i feel like god maybe i did hiding out first i i have to figure it out but i know i know shag and hiding out they were all pretty close together within a three-year period or two-year period because i was 16 and 17 uh yeah, I was sick and a little, and my, cause, because I was going back and forth between high school and crazy. So that, so that age difference between you and John Cryer was kind of legit. It was, it <clears throat> was legit. Scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> well, and on Mystic Pizza, I remember, you know, I had to make out with Billy Moses and, yep. you know, oh. it's like my mom was there at the time as my <laughs> guardian and she's like, I'm just going to stay at the hotel. You know? <laughs> right, good idea. Mom. I'm not going to be on set for that one, even though it, it's probably illegal. <laughs> right, that's that's true. Yeah. Now it, it's funny because I would go to movies with my mom, and I'd see a love scene in a movie like *Romancing the Stone*, and I was oh, so yeah. uncomfortable because I'm sitting next to my mom, and I'm just like, oh, "This is really Ew. awkward," you know. Yeah. And then the reverse, your mom's from like, "Oh, this is really awkward." I so <laughs> don't awkward. Want to see my totally. That's pretty cool, though, that they allowed me to do it. You know, they knew that I had the emotion. And it was safe. It was always very yeah. safe and respectful. And because these stories were so heart-based and authentic, you know, they knew there was a value to that artistically, you know? Well, Mystic Pizza has this, I would say, that seems to be like, you know, a quintessential 80s movie. The chick right? flick. The it is. Chick flick. It quote, is, quote. yeah. Um. And... That launched Matt Damon's career, by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, the school ties and... Uh. <laughs> right. Um, to talk... It, it, one of the things that, that um, I get a lot of uh, comments on, especially from women, is that scene where I cry after I've found out that, that uh, my the babysitter that I'm screwing is married. <laughs> And, and for me, that was, this is a segue back to our music discussion. Yeah, I was just about to ask. Great. Mm-hmm. I, on repeat, I played the song Fragile by Sting. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yes. That's so a that, song. that's a, an association, a musical association for, for Mystic Pizza, as is though, um, the Aretha Franklin song that we all sing yep. in the car. Yeah. I, I have a, a really random musical uh, situation as well, 
where the um, When He's Not a Stranger opening credits song plays in my head nearly every week. He's and, not joking. Um, He's not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I just revealed this to Zach. Last week. Last week. The fact that you've seen when he's not a stranger is a, a It, it left a, a big impression on me, you know, because I was just like, I was like, ooh, college is scary. Um, <laughs> don't there, be a rapist. It was, yeah, I was like, okay, don't be a rapist, number Seriously, one. Um, it was like that movie in like high, Higher Learning, which had like Michael Rappaport as a Nazi. Like those two movies, oh, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, college is. Um, but not not that it was, not that when he's not a stranger is, is scary. Um Exactly, but it's it was memorable. You and, what's the song? The song goes like it's like so it's a made for TV movie, right? So oh, you so right. the credits are, are um, so, but the song is like. It's just piano, and then it, and then it layers music. Wow! But my entire life since I've seen that song. It will just get in there, and then sometimes I'll forget. I'm like, what am I singing? Oh yeah, Witty's not a stranger. That makes. I so, love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very random, and um, yeah, I just. But isn't that fascinating? I do think that uh, you know who was the famous doctor who wrote about it? How music? Uh, it wasn't Oliver Sacks, but it was someone else who was just how music helps encode things and neural mm-hmm. pathways and everything. But I. I think that's really interesting how music it's, can just like it's that. it's crazy and it's and so and it's also like the credits are coming up but it's you and your friend in, in various still shots of innocence uh-huh you know so oh god so it's like before oh. that dark turn oh, you know Jesus. it's just yeah what painful <laughs> painful <laughs> welcome no, to painful two dollar late fees <clears throat> oh, uh, yeah no I, it's this is like walk down memory lane <laughs> Pain and anguish. You're stepping on <laughs> glass like that guy in Venice. So. Yeah. Well, at, at any point, yeah, if you want us no. to back out, we certainly no, can. I'm good. I'm we can talk good. about any number of things. But no, I appreciate, uh, yeah, I appreciate that you appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, I need to go back and uh, find that and listen to it. It's on YouTube. It's, it's on, on YouTube. Okay, it's, great. It's very accessible. Actually, like, I remember that was the last project I did before. In fact, I was late to my freshman year of college. Um, of course you were, because you were terrified. You're like, I don't want to go to college. It's like Jaws for you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I removed it from my brain, though. Don't go to college. But I remember that was a that was a deep performance. It was pretty guttural, like right. Like I'll never forget this like very long monologue I had about reenacting the you know reliving the the date rape experience and with Kevin Dillon, right? Remember Kevin was in that movie. Yep. Um, But I don't think I think Dustin, you are maybe one of ten people who has seen it and are haunted by the music. Badge of honor. Badge of honor, honestly. Oh, Dustin right. and I, Dustin and I did an episode. We, our, our top five most traumatic movies. That traumatic one f- T or D? Dramatic. Traumatic. Traumatic, traumatic oh. with a T. Okay. And like things that scarred us from our youth, uh-huh. you know, and why it stays with you to this day. Uh-huh. But there's something about that. There's, I mean, it was obviously an intense performance, and yeah. um, you know, something like a scene from Salem's Lot where there's a vampire at the window and scratching, let me in, let me in. Oh, yeah. You know, but that one didn't factor into our top five, but. Right. 
<laughs> How about no, top five it, obscure, yeah. random, it's, never seen movies of the week? MOWs. I mean, most oh, man, of our I... top five lists are that anyway. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. It's good to be random and obscure. We go down a deep path. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the fact that we had uh, Ari Gross on our show. Oh yeah, Coop Deville. Yeah. And we talked about Coop Deville. Deville. I'm a huge Mike Binder fan. Um, I'm Me from too. Michigan originally, so uh, I really related and connected to his films early yeah. on, Coop Deville mm-hmm. and uh, Crossing the Bridge and uh, Indian Summer. Right? Yeah, Indian Summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, like, kind of underrated in my opinion. Coop Deville, I think, is a very underrated film, mm-hmm. uh, underappreciated. And Ari kind of walked us through why that movie didn't become as, as successful as maybe it should have been. Oh, uh, I would be curious to know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, you got to listen to that episode. No, okay, I will. I've got, my God, I've got to go back at traumatic episodes. Ari grows. <laughs> I listened to the one with Keith. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah Keith is, uh, you know, so great coming on our show and, and, and when the pandemic first hit for us, because we would have in-studio guests oh, and it was so yeah. nice having people sit down with us and, you know, kind of walking through everything. Matt Adler was, I think, our last one we did in-studio. Um, or maybe it was Eric Roberts. I forget. Anyways. Tough to know. It yeah, seems Ari, like nine years ago. Blur's right? day, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all blur yeah. now. Um, but Ari was talking about how, how you know, the, the I think the producer of that film went on to go to another studio. And so Universal. The director of the film. The director. Sorry. The director, the director of the film became like the biggest producer. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. Or, Fox, or not, not, not producer. Sorry. He was a director who became the big, one of the biggest studio heads. Yes. Like massive. Mm. So, yeah, it was um, probably fraught with all kinds of politics. Which is such a shame because, you know, that film, I think. Like, can you talk about some of your experiences on that one? Did you enjoy making that one? Yeah, you know, I it was um, I, I it was very uh, brief. I think they yeah. were because I only flew down to Florida and spent a couple weeks. Um, spent a lot of time in the South. Yeah, I have, you know, and, <laughs> really I, and I loved it. Obviously, so because I, I went to Duke, I stayed in North Carolina there for a go. while. I love it. Um, but yeah, most of my stuff was with Ari. And, but it was, that was an interesting time because it was Patrick Dempsey. Yep. Um, Daniel Stern. Yep. Daniel Stern. Uh, And it was, you know, that weird fifties time. I remember, you know, my hair and makeup was all fifties, but it was, it was good. I don't remember anything distinctly, you know. Strange or interesting about it. (laughs) Well, you bring up you bring up your hair, and I know when we were watching Shag the other night, uh, Dustin's wife Erin said, "I want to, I want to give, I want to put some product in her hair so bad in opening." (laughs) (laughs) Totally, hair was wonderful, and I can relate to that too. I used to have really longer hair and and frizzy, and it it was just I have to put a lot of I still put a lot of product in my yeah yeah that was in fact that I'll never forget that was an issue because I had like fluffy weird hair that didn't do well with the humidity in Myrtle Beach yep. and so hairspray didn't even work and it never matched and like it was always a thing and then you end up thinking like oh shit it's my fault this scene sucks because my hair is fluffy <laughs> <laughs> no I the only hair I ever That's saw funny. like that was a, a principal of mine at a former school I used to teach at and the shadow she cast looked like Darth Vader yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! Yep. You knew she was coming. <laughs> yeah. Down the hall. <laughs> it was not as sweet as Pudge. So 
No. Right. You know what we're watching as a family now is Freaks and Geeks. Have you guys ever? Oh, it's the best. So great. It's the best. It is brilliant, sheer brilliance. And I'm glad we hadn't watched it until now because we're watching it with my teenage kids. Yeah. Very relatable. And the, but the music. Oh, my. That's what fascinates me, too, is like, how can you not hear a song for decades and yet you hear it or watch it and then it's you know all the words it's still yep. locked in your brain that's fascinating yep. to me i i think this documentary was i don't know how much truth was in this documentary and how much was kind of um cooked up but there's a documentary about water and music and the power that music has on water and how oh, it shapes wow. the molecules and they they did this test where they put water next to classical music and then they put water next to heavy metal hard like death metal oh, cool and they showed the molecules changing um there's been people that are speculated that it's meh, it's made up or whatever i, I like, don't know I, look i feel for like me, i've I'm seen like, something about that wow. yeah the power of music with water but you were saying you know what the, these songs resonate with you yeah. obviously the songs for your the, the three standout 80s movies that we talked about connected with certain songs and and have stayed with you. If you heard that song again on the radio, you probably start singing along to it like it was yesterday. Absolutely, right? absolutely, fascinating. Yeah, I love that. I, th- I, I, that the power of. We often talk about how a mu- a song can change a movie. You know, it, it can make or break it. Oh yeah. If the soundtrack's not good, then totally agree. It, yeah, it can hurt the tone. You know. Yeah, and we're also savvy now. We we you can tell when they clearly didn't have a good music budget. You know, or something. They <laughs> right. couldn't get the rights to that song, so they kind of got us secondhand. You know. <laughs> yeah, there was a movie. There was a animated movie that came out a couple of years ago that I thought was brilliant in its concept, but the score was not very good. It was uh, just very generic. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to have these certain artists in the movie to make it punch, but but yeah. they didn't focus that on the on the movie. What, and what movie was that for our context? Onward, Onward. Oh, okay. Onward. Onward. Got it. Got it. Which was the these these kids go on a quest to, to save their father who's died and they can bring him back for one day. It's a really, it's a Pixar movie. It's a sweet story, Disney mm-hmm. movie. But the music was all, uh, you know, very forgettable score in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons and wearing like death metal jackets. Where's the Iron Maiden? Where's the Motorhead? Where's yeah. ACDC Thunderstruck as they're going to rescue their father, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it is what it is. These film yeah. scores, it, it can make or break a film. Where's the 80s music in Wonder Woman 84? Exactly. I'm still looking for it. I haven't found it. I don't know. And again, like, look, I'm always aware of, you know, constantly being a critic, right? Critic, critic, criticize, whatever. Gal Gadot is a major, amazing human female. Yes, totally. And so is Jenkins, but um, weird. I I just have to say uh, one more shout out about the bridge. you know, because I often feel like people forget that show. Mm, you know? Yeah, it came out yeah. at an interesting time when um, the killing, I think, was really popular at oh, that time. I, yeah, bridge, yeah, it was, was weird. So the the bridge had a lot of internal politics that were not that did not uh, foster long term success. And then mm, I feel like I feel like both the bridge and Brotherhood, two of my favorite cable shows that I was on, just got like mm. cut cut too soon. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you've had these opportunities to play 
so like we've said in the beginning of the show so many different characters now now so many shows in my 40s it was all about cocaine and sex and guns and (laughs) now it's gonna happen in my 50s who knows (laughs) that's fantastic Um, well becomes a whole new thing i know right we're nearing the end of our time we did want to give you the opportunity to promote whatever you'd like to talk about summer secrets maybe whatever yeah i i june 5th i have a special movie airing on Lifetime. It's the story of Jennifer Farber-Dulos, who, uh, a woman who was killed by her husband, and uh, they still haven't found her body. So it's a really, uh, it's a really tragic, but still ongoing investigation. Um, so that there's, yeah, that, that I can't wait for Dustin, you to hear, tell me if you like the soundtrack to that. Um, June Uh, June 5th, that is, and then on Lifetime. And then on Netflix in October, uh, I'm very excited about Midnight Mass, the newest uh, Mike Flanagan story, which uh, I was in his uh, Haunting of Hill House, which was great. As this, I am just, this Midnight Mass is going to rock people's world. It is going to be rad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I love the process of making films and television shows, whatever it is. I just fucking love it. And as I'm sure you both do, too. Like, otherwise, we wouldn't sustain it. We'd go do something more stable. And we wouldn't be having this conversation for sure. Certainly, certainly. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad to meet you both. Um, This has been a lovely. This has been a genuinely some of these are painful af but this was truly i guess you know because we're speaking as peers and fellow thespians and so well i can tell you i can tell you that we have heard that before where people have said thank you so much for like not yeah you know being dorks and jackasses yeah dorks and jackasses. well i I like dorks so but but that's the perfect testimonial really for us Okay. Most of these are painful as fuck, but two dollar late fee was okay. But pain- yeah, two dollar late fee didn't suck. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Okay. It's really an honor. Um, Thanks so much. Yeah, and- you yes. too, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to meet you in person one day. Yeah, that's our goal. Same here. Okay. Then and then. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go find that song. Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com 
And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2 Late Fee Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 